The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the, the money. The skies are sunny. And old man recession, you are through, you have done us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. We talk about your 401k, social security. We talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. We talk about how to facilitate your retirement, which we call your second childhood without parental supervision. We want you to go play, have fun, enjoy, and uh, not worry about all this boring financial stuff. And this show is all about that. So if you're over 50, it's designed for you. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morayf, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morayf. Why, thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So uh, we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And those are people that are within five years of retirement or who are already retired. And if you're in that demo, let me tell you, you're about to embark on a wonderful journey of retirement. And we want to help you with that. Our website is rpoa.com. And also, uh, I would uh, ask you to uh, podcast this show to subscribe to it. You can go uh, to pretty much any of the uh, streaming uh, services and uh, we should be there. And it's uh, Money Matters with Ken Moray, of course, and uh, we'll hopefully help you with that. And you know, one of the things that I'm very proud of is that, you know, the media in its infinite wisdom uh, seems to have found uh, reasons to give us some accolades. And recently I was named one of the top 100 financial advisors. And I'm very proud of that. Actually, uh, by the <laughs> By Barron's, yes, by Barron's, and uh, they uh, did it actually eight years in a row, which uh, is a gobsmacking event for me. Uh, but without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients, we appreciate you. We love you. We thank you. We are so very grateful. And once again, if you are not a client, then uh, rpoa.com is our website. Check us out and see what you think. Um, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, there are, in, in our view, the three major enemies you have to your financial well-being, if you're going to be a retired person or you're going to retire, are inflation, inc uh, taxes, 
and bear markets. Those are the three. Okay, now there are more, but we think the three major ones, taxes, inflation, and bear markets. And so one of the things I think is very important is, uh, you know, if you're going to be the coach of a, of a sporting team, is you want to know the strengths and weaknesses of your opponent. If you're a general and you want to go to war, you want to know what the strengths and weaknesses are of your opponent. So, you, so knowing your opponent, I think, is extremely important. And so this week, I want to talk about bear markets and what causes them, and uh, so that you can be informed about what I, is one of the three worst enemies you have to your financial well-being in our view. So we'll have that for you in the first segment. What causes bear markets? And by the way, a, a bear market is like what happened in 2008. Okay, some of you may remember that. Uh, okay, also we'll talk about how to manage your 401k. This is something that we help clients with all the time. And uh, so uh, making sure that uh, you are diversified accordingly, that uh, when if you're going to retire, how you manage that process, all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that with you in the second segment. Uh, and then as we do every week, we're going to talk about Social Security. For most of you, Social Security is going to be the largest single source of income that you're going to get. And so it is extremely complex. There are – if you go to the – Social Security website itself, they'll tell you there are over 9,000 combinations of how you can uh, 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 collect Social Security, depending on your age, your income, whether you're married or not, all that kind of stuff. And it is mind-blowing, and we want to help navigate, help you navigate through that, and we want you to have a successful outcome. So we'll talk about that later on in the show. And then also, our uh, foundational philosophy is not to buy and hold, but to buy, to hold, and to sell. And we call it the invest and protect strategy. And this strategy says that when the market is dropping like a stone, like it did in Y2K and 2008 and the Great Depression and even last year in the pandemic, we believe that you should get out of harm's way. Call us crazy. I know we're, we're, this is a weird thought, but protecting your money from large losses is a crazy notion. Call me crazy. Okay, but we believe that that's important. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. And so there, there's no doubt about it. And therefore, we have our invest and protect strategy, which told us to get out before the 2008 market crash, told us to get out the day before, last year, the day before the, uh, the uh, uh, pandemic was officially announced. So we want to help protect you from that. Now, this is contrary to the normal theme, which is to buy and hold. And so I've written a book, and in my book, I have the seven buy-hold myths, as I call them. And buy-hold myth number four says, never sell because the market always comes back. You're a long-term investor. Don't worry about it. It's all going to take care of itself. Yeah, well, balderdash. <laughs> Wrong-o, moose lips. Okay, so we'll talk about that later on in the show and help you to be disavowed of buy-hold myth number four. And, uh, all, and, and you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, you know what, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. No, don't you dare stop me. Because on this show, do we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this is when we talk about how to pass on the fruits of your labor to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, uh, and that's called estate planning. Now, this week, our estate tip is going to be on what I call love units. And uh, be very careful if you are going to give a disproportionate amount to your kids because they don't see it as that. And we're going to talk about love units uh, later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. 
<laughs> Ooh la la. So we have a great show, and I'm sure you'll stay tuned for the entire program. I want to dive into everything, but I just got to tell you, we're about a month and a half away from my first grandchild, uh, grand boy. And, uh, you know, I asked my daughter if I could be there in the birthing room with her to watch the birth happen, and she's like, no. So apparently uh, some, some, no, some grandparents actually have been there. I was joking, of course, but she's like, no, I don't want you to be there. And not only that, but I don't even want you guys to be here for the first few days after the baby's born. And we're like, what? Why? Because I want to get organized. I want to have everything set. I want the baby home. I want to have my wits about me. And then you guys can come visit. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, what can you say, right? She's, she's the boss. So uh, we're not going to get to see our, grand, our, our grandchild until maybe three or four or five days after it is daughter wants us to keep a distance, step away from the vehicle. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about what causes bear markets. And this falls under the category of knowing, know thine enemy, right? So there are basically three things that can cause a bear market. There are others, you know, that also, but the three major ones are recessions, and, and recessions actually can fall into two different categories. One is a recession, which is a massive slowdown in economic activity. A second kind of recession is a profits recession, which means that you could have profits go down without the economy slowing down. That's what happened in Y2K, and we'll talk about that. And then you could have a recession or a bear market rather that is called by, caused by an exogenous event think pandemic <laughs> okay <laughs> this had nothing to do with anything it just came out of the blue and bam we had a recession because of it okay so those are the three things so let's talk about the 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 normal recession and what most people think of when they think of a recession is that economic activity has slowed down because there aren't enough customers and, and things are slowing down because people aren't buying stuff. Well, the, the actual reason is the opposite of that. The actual reason is, is that there is too much of stuff. And when you get to too much of stuff, people have already bought it all up, and now there's this massive oversupply, and then all the people who have all the supply have to start selling it at a discount. They, they don't need to make anymore. They start laying people off, and that's what causes that. So if you want to think about, for example, how if real estate was suddenly hot and we're building all over the place, eventually we'll have an oversupply of real estate, and then what will happen is there'll be a crash in that. That's happened with microchips. It's happened with all kinds of things. So that's one way. The, the other kind of recession is a profits recession, where for, it, it, the ability of companies to make a profit competition has gotten so strong or whatever, and so therefore their profits start to get constrained, and profits tend to drive prices of stocks, and if profits are going down, even though the economy is fine, then stock prices could fall and you could have a bear market. That happened in Y2K with the dot-coms. Their profits were hurting the, the technology companies. The economy was in pretty good shape, but yet we had a very bad bear market caused by profit losses in, uh, in technology stocks. And then, of course, the third thing is the uh, exogenous events, which those we can't plan ahead for. You can't, you know, it's like it comes out of the blue, like the pandemic, like the oil embargo back in the 70s. Those kind of things just show up out of nowhere, no way to predict them. But the important thing, in my view, is that regardless of which kind of bear market or, or what causes the bear, the bear market, should I say, whether it's a profit recession, an oversupply recession, or it's an uh, it, exogenous event, regardless of why the recession happens, it doesn't matter, in my view, because they can all harm your retirement. 
And so the reason why to me is irrelevant. People try to predict, you know, this and that. My, go my view is that, you know, we believe for our clients that you should have a strategy that is all weather, meaning regardless of the reason why the stock market's going down, it is going down. And therefore, you need to get out of the way and have a strategy to protect your retirement from that. So I want to invite you to go to our website, rpoa.com. You can attend seminars on this. You can watch videos, uh, listen to podcasts about it. You can even meet with one of our retirement planners and help them to design a protection plan for you as well. We believe growth is important, but protection of principle is even more so. So rpoa.com is our website, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about how to manage your 401k when we come back. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. Now, if you are in the camp of people who is uh, contemplating retirement, okay, so you're not retired yet, or maybe you have just retired, um, and you have a 401k, I want to go over with you, you know, particularly if you're within five years of retirement, I want to go over with you how to manage your 401k in, my, in our view, okay? And so we're going to go through several ideas for you, and hopefully you can uh, maximize the value. First of all, the thing about 401ks is that you get a subsidy if you think about it. Okay, you make a deposit. In most cases, it's a tax defer. It's a tax deductible deposit. So right off the bat, depending on your tax bracket. The, by virtue of saving those dollars, you've made a return. So if you're in the 20% tax bracket, for example, you've made a 20% return on your investment, in my opinion, simply by saving the taxes that you would have paid. Now, many of you have uh, companies that maybe match your 401k and if they, your contribution, and if they match it, that's free money. So now if you started with 20 and they match it at four, you're up to 24% return on your money and the, and the investment hasn't even done anything yet. And if you know you invest it and you make I don't know let's say another five, you're you're up to thirty percent return on your money. It's a slam dunk, okay? Four hundred one k's are a slam dunk. You should take full advantage of that, okay? So the first thing that I would recommend is, or, or that I would suggest you think about doing is that you contribute at least fifteen percent, and I would even go to twenty percent if you if if. You know, my wife and I always used to say we want to save till it hurts. Okay, if it doesn't hurt, you're not saving enough. So 15% is, in my view, as a minimum. Now, as you calculate the amount you can afford to contribute, realize that these percentages could also, as I said, include any company contributions. So if your company has a 3% match, for example, and you, get, and you put in 12, that means you're getting to the 15%. Okay, so if you want to look at it that way, you can add in the company's version of part of it. Okay, now the second thing is if you are contributing, don't stop contributing. Okay, I've met people that, you know, the, during 2008, I don't want to contribute. The market's going down and I'm, you know, I don't want to invest in a, you know, something that's falling down and losing money and all that. I want to stop. No, if you keep contributing, you're doing what is called dollar cost averaging. And by contributing all, each month as, out of your paycheck as you're going in and going in and going in, you're, if the market's going down, you don't need the money right now, presumably, and therefore you're buying at lower and lower prices. You're getting more and more shares, and eventually when things if, – if things turned around, which in 2008 they eventually did, you bought all those things at a very low price. It's a disciplined approach, so keep contributing, okay? And And – 
the idea is you want to buy low and sell high, right? And if it's going down, that means the prices are getting cheaper and you're buying lower and lower. So don't let, don't let what the market's doing drive your discipline. Have your discipline be the one. In fact, what I'd recommend is you just look the other way. <laughs> don't, even, don't even stress over it, okay? Now, number three is always make sure you collect the entire company match, okay? Understand the rules of your 401k, understand how they match, how much they match, what they match on, and all of that, and make sure that you maximize that, okay? And as I said, if you include the company match, you have a risk-free return on investment that could be up to 100%. So, yes. <laughs> so, and, and, and here's a little extra thing. Even if you do need to reduce your contributions for some reason, in my opinion, you should never reduce those contributions below what your company can match or is matching. Okay. Now, the number four is there's a new kind of 401k. And as I say new, it's been around for a few years now, but it's relatively new. And that is a Roth 401k. If your company has the option then the traditional 401k is where the contribution you make is tax deductible, the money grows without being taxed, and when you take it out, there'll be some taxes at that time. The Roth 401k is basically the opposite of that. You get no deduction going in, it again grows without being taxed, but then when you take it out, it's tax-free at that time. So depending on your situation, one w version may be better than the other one. So if your company offers that, then visit with somebody that can help you look at what those things and, and help to make the best decisions there. The other thing, number five on my list here is to look at getting help with your investment allocations. Okay, one of the things that we do is we look at cash flow planning and that helps us to determine, I've talked about this on other shows, uh, but we look at cash flow planning so as to decide what rate of return do we need to build into our assumptions so as to achieve your financial goals. The higher the rate of return that we need, that dictates a different allocation, the, how you diversify, than if you need a lower rate of return to achieve your goals. So how much risk do you need to take, in our view, determines how you should allocate your money in your 401k, and then you do it. So the first step in determining your allocations in your 401k is to determine how much risk do you need to take. Okay, so that's uh, so. Those are some some tips for you. I'm that, glad we had this talk. Well, I am too, Tom. And so I hope it helped you. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired, or you are retiring soon, <laughs> and there are a lot of you, I know that. Uh, then I would recommend uh, to you that you go to our website, rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And when you're there, click on Meet with an Advisor. And if you do that, we'll schedule a time to visit with you virtually. We're hoping that at some point we'll do it in person, but for the time being, it's virtual. And uh, what we'll do is we'll help you to build your retirement plan. And we'll do it at no charge or obligation. And if you like what you see and you want to work with us, that's fantastic. And if you don't, that's fine too. Either way, as I said, no charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. 
and Bogey is right. It is absolutely that. And you know, I've made some really good friends with people who have decided not to become clients. And then years later, maybe they thought better of that, but it doesn't matter. My, my goal is to help as many people as possible. And in so doing, I think that you get taken care of in the process. So our website is rpoa.com. Click on, click on meet with an advisor, and we'll look forward to helping you if we can. Okay. Now, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to get the most out of your social security benefits. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayfe. Now, we're going to talk this segment about Social Security, and so um, in this segment, you can help me out, and I thank those of you that have done so. Uh, send me your questions, and I'll endeavor to answer them on the air for you, and uh, we'll see if I can do that, okay? So sometimes people ask me really complicated, difficult questions, and I just don't use those because, you know, it would look bad if I couldn't answer them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, uh, first question. Sorry about this. I know it's a bit silly. It's very silly, Hal. Okay, so first question here. I am, or I'm sorry, if I am 64 and I'm claiming my own benefit and my husband is 75 and he has been claiming his benefit since he was 66. All right, so she's 64 and uh, she's wondering if she claims her benefit. Her husband's been uh, getting it now for nine years. Could I switch to get my spousal benefit instead of my own? The answer is no. Okay? So once you file for your own benefit, all you can do, it, it, it sounds like a technicality, but all you can do is add the spousal benefit to yours. Okay? And so because you're taking yours early, you, you can't switch to half of his. What you're going to get is your benefit, which is a lower amount because you're taking it at a younger age, and then you're adding to that the spousal benefit, okay? So basically it means you'll still get more, assuming that, his, that, that adding that on would be more than what you're getting, but it is not the full deal that you would get had you at the very beginning started with just half of his. All right, uh, next question. So uh, I retired at 62, I'm sorry, that's, uh, I, I am 63 years old and I receive 800 a month in social security disability. Um, my husband is 53 and is expected to get full retirement age benefits of $2,100 a month. So they're asking, uh, they're asking here about what is the best way to file? Are there any options for us to consider due to my social security disability? So let me restate that. She's 63. She's getting 800 a month Social Security disability. Her husband's 53, but when he's 66, in 13 years, he'll get $2,100 a month. So are there any options? All right. So when you turn 64, your retirement benefit, your disability benefit, I mean, will convert to a retirement benefit and be the same amount, and the amount will stay the same. Okay? So when you turn 64, your disability benefit will switch over and become a retirement benefit, and it'll stay the same. So when your husband files for his benefit, when he reaches 66, or even if he waits till he's 70, you can go back and ask Social Security for a spousal benefit. They will add the difference between your benefit, the $800 a month that you're getting, and one half of his, which in our example is $1,050, or $250, okay? So that's how you can do that. 
and uh, something for you to think about. Now, one of the things that I hope this whole conversation, you know, the thing, <laughs> I'm just imagining you guys listening to me say all this stuff and you're thinking, man, what did he just say? I sometimes listen to myself, you know, it's kind of like watching game films. You, you listen to your own show to make sure you're doing it right and you're not hemming and hawing and all that stuff. I get confused listening to it myself when it comes to Social Security. It is very, very complex. And, you know, if you don't do it properly and you leave, let's call it $200 a month on the table, you know, over a year, that's $2,400. And over 30 years of retirement or whatever, you, however long you live, that could be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your life. Yeah, so not doing it properly could cost you many, many thousands of dollars. So we want to help you with that. So all you have to do is go online. Our website is rpoa.com. And uh, if you click on meet with an advisor, what we'll do is we'll sit down with you and we'll help you to build a social security plan, okay? Now that is part of a bigger plan. So that's a component of your retirement plan that we wanna help you with. We'll also help you with decisions on uh, your 401k. We'll help you with decisions on income taxes, estate planning. We'll help you with decisions on diversification and do you have enough money to retire on? If you are retired, where do you get your income from? We wanna help you with the whole gamut of retirement planning strategies and ideas and we wanna do it all at no charge or obligation. And if you like what you see and you want us to work with you, that is fantastic, we love it, we're so, ha we're so happy. But if you don't, that's fine too. Either way, there's no charge, there's no obligation, and we will part friends. I don't know how to say I thank you, except I well, thank you. Frankie, you are welcome. So take advantage of that. Our website, rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about we are printing trillions of dollars. How will it all end? Oh, my gosh. Stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. All right, uh, let's talk about something that I think I'm talking about with basically every single client right now. <laughs> and that is we're printing trillions of dollars, trillions, and we're about to, you know, have another $3 trillion infrastructure spend, the 1.9 COVID stimulus package. And then before that, we had, you know, we're, we're throwing trillions of dollars around. I remember when a trillion dollars was a lot of money. You know, it's like when somebody said that word the first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, how much is that? that I didn't even know how many zeros that was. Now it feels like a oh, trillion dollars, big deal. It's like 10 cents, right? So we're throwing trillions of dollars around. But when will it end? And how will it end? And will it end well? You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? <laughs> so first of all, I don't. You know, in our view, we've looked at uh, this and we don't feel that inflation is going to be coming this year and perhaps not into next year. In fact, what it means is we agree with the, what the Federal Reserve says, which is actually not normal for us. We generally don't always agree with what the Fed says. Um, but be that as it may, with the amount of unemployed people we have and uh, the if you think about what inflation is, inflation is a lot of money chasing after just a few goods and services. And if that happens, it drives the prices up. Our economy is an unbelievable thing. And we will gear up and we will provide the services and we will provide the products that all the spending that's about to happen will do. And, you know, I was talking to a client, I was saying, I remember a few years ago, and this is going to date me, I guess, but I remember when yellow and pink ties were the rage. Do you remember that? Does anybody remember when, when the yellow ties and the pink ties were the rage? 
And I remember I was seeing it. And I was like, man, I want a yellow tie and a pink tie. And I went around and I couldn't find one. And then a week later, it's like every single store in the entire country had pink ties and yellow ties. I mean, even down at the drugstore and at the 7-Eleven, they had pink ties and yellow ties on a rack that you could buy. That is how incredible our economy is at providing goods and services. Think about masks. I mean, everybody sees, you know, I mean, it's like everybody has a box of masks, right? Who knew we would need hundreds and hundreds of millions of masks? Before, it was just people who worked in hospitals and that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, our economy geared up, and, and so did the foreign economies, and we've produced millions and millions of masks. So inflation is when you run out of stuff to buy, and everybody's, you know, there, there's a shortage of whatever that is, and everybody's trying to bid it up to buy it. My, our view is that we're a long way from that. Now, could it happen? <laughs> Jack just looked at me and said, what about toilet paper? How much toilet paper is there? There's a lot now. <laughs> I don't think the shelves are empty of toilet paper, but we did have a shortage initially. Uh, so yes. Now, do I believe that we can go on doing this forever without repercussions? The answer is absolutely not. You know, if you look back at history and you look at countries like Germany, uh, you know, before World War One, Germany was the preeminent empire along with Britain in the world. And guess what? They got hit because they borrowed so much money to finance World War I. They got hit by massive inflation. It practically destroyed their economy. And you look at uh, other great empires. You look at, uh, you know, for example, Greece back in 2010 and 11. What happened to them? They borrowed so much money that they couldn't pay it back. And what happened was their economy crashed and all that kind of stuff. So that could happen here. However, what you need to keep your eye on in my opinion, is not the dollar amount of the debt, it's the interest on the debt. You see, right now, we're, our government is borrowing money at 1%, 1.5% or less. That's far different than, for example, if you remember the TARP program with President Obama, the $700 billion, we borrowed that money at 5%. So that $700 billion back then at 5%, is way more expensive than 500 billion borrowed today at 1%. You see the difference? And, and what causes trouble is when a government cannot pay back the interest on its debt and it has to tax its citizens so much that eventually the citizens rebel. Okay, that's what happened to the King of England when he was financing all of his wars and all of that. And we had a tea party in our country because we didn't like that he was raising our taxes to pay the debt that he had incurred. And so that's when trouble comes, when the people are taxed so heavily and inflation is so high that you can't pay the debt. We are a long way from that, unfortunately, because I think it gives politicians you know, the ability to borrow more, but at these very, very low interest rates we have. Now, the other thing that people have said is all this interest rates, are, all this interest is going to come due one day. You know, they're going to have to pay it all back. Not if the government holds it to maturity. And I don't see the Federal Reserve, all these trillions of dollars, I don't see them ever taking that off their balance sheet. I just don't. Fascinating. So, should you be worried about it? Yeah, yes. Uh, is it imminent right now? I would say for the next year or two, probably not. And if that's the case, then all this stimulus is going to, I believe, cause the markets to go to new all-time highs. Now, being invested, in our view, means we have a philosophy, a, a principle of our investing, which says that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. The reason we feel that way is because we work with people who are retired or retiring soon. You're different and in our view. So if you are interested, 
go to our website. We have uh, articles. We have a seminar coming up, Retirement Planning in Uncertain Times, that I'd like for you to attend, where we talk about how to invest, but also have a strategy to protect on the downside. Our strategy is called Invest and Protect. It's the one that told us to sell in November of 2007, before the market crash that happened in 08. It's the one that told us to sell before the pandemic was even announced and the big crash, the big market drop that happened after the pandemic. So we want to help you to protect your principal and grow your money at the same time. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can find all that stuff. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to pass on love units to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. Why, thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner of Retirement Planners of America. And if, uh, uh, as the name implies, we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon, I think the most wonderful people in the whole world. I love working with people that age. You know, you, you kind of reach the point in your life where hopefully your kids are not on the payroll anymore. You're making more money than you've ever done in your life. You're saving up. You're getting ready to retire. Or maybe you've decided to retire, and now you're, you're enjoying what I call your second childhood without parental supervision. You're getting to go play, have fun, enjoy. And we want to facilitate all of that for you if we can. Uh, we have two goals. One is for your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And if we can help people to do that, then I feel we've done a good thing. And uh, if I can go to my grave and know I've helped many people do that, I think I've lived a good life. So our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk about uh, passing on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, so what we talk about in this segment is estate planning. And this week, I want to talk a concept with you as opposed to an actual, you know, like a trust or a tax or whatever. This is a concept, and it's called love units, okay? And I think it's an important concept because I think when, when you are doing your estate planning, it's an act of love, right? You want to take care of your family. You want to leave them stuff. You want to, you know, protect them from stuff. So all of that is an act of love, and I think you don't want to create non-love. So we're going to talk about love units, but first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire and of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're talking about love units. So I want to explain love units to you by virtue of a story. Okay, so um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is uh, an estate planning attorney. Okay, so he does all this wills and trusts and all this kind of stuff. And uh, his mom called him and said, son, I'd like for you to uh, do my wills and trusts and everything else. And he said, sure, mom, I'll do that. No problem. So he went and visited with his mom and she said, I want to leave you know, two-thirds of my money to your brother and a third to you. And he was like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. You want me to do what? 
And she goes, well, you're a successful attorney. You're doing really well. Your brother doesn't make much money. You know, he's struggling and all that. He needs the money more. So I want to leave it all, you know, I want to leave two thirds of it to him and a third to you. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. In fact, no. And, and so he actually went a week without talking to his mom. He was so mad. What his mom didn't understand is that it's not dollars. It's love units. And if, if you decide that you're going to leave a disproportionate amount of money of your estate to one child versus another one, that other child, they, they, they perceive it not as dollars, but units of love. And basically what you're saying is, I love your brother more than I love you. Now, that's not really what you feel, but that's the message that they get. And think about it. If you've never told them you're going to do this, and then, you know, at the proverbial reading of the will time, it says, I'm leaving two-thirds to your brother and a third to you. How would you feel if that was you? What? I didn't realize mom and dad hated me and they loved my brother so much. They never told me this. Had I known that? So here's the deal. Understand that they are love units. So therefore, if you decide that you are going to disproportionately leave for one or the other, have a family meeting explain that this is not, I don't love you and I love your brother more than you, or I love your brother twice as much as I love you because I'm going to leave him two thirds and you one third. No, you have to have, you have to tell him what you're doing. And, you know, he said, this friend of mine, he said, if, if my mother had not like dumped it on me at the last second like that, if she'd have explained it to me and said, you know, I'm thinking about doing this and what do you think? You know, your brother needs the money and all that. I probably would have said, you know what? I'm doing fine. I love my brother, you know, and I probably would have been more amenable to the whole idea. But to spring it on me like that and to tell me this like that or to have the reading of the will without any context behind it, that will cause... I've seen it, one child to resent the other one, to resent you and you're dead, and they're resenting your memory because you did that. Love units, kids. Remember that. It's love units. So if you're going to give more to one than another, have a meeting, show the love, and smooth it over beforehand, and then do it. Okay? That ought to keep the little squirts happy. <laughs> yeah, and you want happy squirts, okay? Unhappy squirts is not a good thing. So anyway, um, not really an estate planning vehicle, not a tax, not a trust, not anything like that, but just a concept that I talk about with clients when they suggest, you know, I'm going to leave more to one than the other. So um, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then here's what I'd like you to do. Go to our website. It's rpoa.com. We uh, podcast this show. We have articles. We have videos on estate planning on cash flow planning, on retirement planning, on 401k management. We have all kinds of stuff for you. We have the ability to sign up for our upcoming uh, seminar. We have a seminar coming up next week on uh, retirement planning during uncertain times. I think that today fits that bill. Uh, we also have uh, the ability for you to meet with one of our retirement planners at no charge or obligation. We want you to have a successful retirement. We want you to have your second childhood without parental supervision, whatever that means to you. We want oh dear, that's too wonderful to be true. Well, Dorothy, it actually is not too wonderful to be true because it is true. <laughs> so we want to help you in any way we can. And if you like it and you want to work with us, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. We will part friends. Okay. So our website is rpoa.com. Well, you know what? This show is over already. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody.
Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Marae or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.